Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 86. I'm Kip Clark. And I'm Caroline Borders. And today we're going to be revisiting an earlier conversation on the social implications of body hair. And before we formally begin, I'd just like to say that we had always intended to record another episode, if not several more, because Tim and I are not women, and there's certainly a female perspective that must be considered in any conversation about body hair. And so, Caroline, I'm really happy that we are revisiting it. Based on what you remember of that episode, are there certain details you'd like to begin with? Yeah, absolutely. I think when you guys are talking about body hair as a means to preserve youth or adolescence, or even I think marks a signifier of adolescence in a way, and then works as a means to preserve that segment of life in youth where you're not a child, but you're not an adult and maintaining that ideal. I found that really interesting when you guys were talking about that. So to clarify on my end, are you saying that the act of shaving itself is not only a rite of passage, but marks a certain period? And at any point that you begin and continue shaving, you enter into this liminal stage of adolescence, and that's an important thing for a person? In some ways. I mean, it's interesting because when you do start growing body hair, that's a sign that you are maturing, that you are going through puberty. If I were analyzing it, it'd be like a sign of womanhood. And then immediately I'm told by society or whatever, that I need to get rid of it or I need to manage it. And that's interesting in and of itself, right? Where I need to perform my new status of woman in ways where I'm controlling the physical aspects of it that are very demonstrative of my own development. And I'm really glad you bring up the idea of performance and also pair it with this other idea of control because I'm immediately reminded of other human practices like gardening where plant life will grow naturally and often in what we perceive as an unkempt way in the same way that body hair will grow. And I've often felt as philosophical as it may sound that our need or our perceived need to control body hair is an existential crisis of sorts that we are trying to convince ourselves that we are in control where if you didn't shave and this goes for anyone who grows body hair you would continue to grow body hair and i feel like it's an arena in which we are trying to take the reins from nature in a sense what do you think of that Absolutely. And I think it's something that is, one, unnatural for sure. I mean, if we grow something on our bodies, isn't that supposed to be natural? And then we are like, that aspect of our natural bodies is considered to be disgusting to some people. It's funny how we're socialized in this way. I strongly believe that for women, the aspect of shaving in any way, I mean, it could be your armpits or pubic hair or whatever, I think that is imposed by other women in an interesting way, at least in my experience. And I was curious to ask you because, again, in my perception, as someone who identifies as a male, men have never really criticized or attacked or at least openly judged me for not shaving my beard, for example. And I recognized as we sat down to record that I never really think about my facial hair. It's there and sometimes I'll let it grow. And when the beard gets too long, I'll shave it but it's not something that people will openly comment on. And I feel like there's definitely a gendered gap there, where if you were a woman who didn't shave her legs in today's era, at least in the U.S., you would be commented upon. There's a certain aspect of policing that goes into aesthetics and appearance in the public realm. And so I'd love to hear if you have any anecdotes of either policing or being policed, or your perception of how certain women might comment upon the body hair or lack thereof in other women. 
Sure. I mean, I think with women's own body hair, especially at someone who's my age, it's definitely more like self-policing in a way. If I don't shave for a week, someone else might not comment on it, but I might comment on it to be like, I know this is something that everyone's noticing or something that I'm so conscious about, but like I've been pulling all nighters all week or whatever, and I haven't had time to shave my legs. It's something that my friends and I will joke about when it's just us women and we're hanging out and it'll be like, oh my God, it's one of those weeks and it's carpet city or whatever it is. So it's a lot more like I'm never going to criticize someone for not shaving their legs or if they don't shave their armpits, but it's something I notice if there is another woman who's in any context in class and she's wearing a tank top and she stretches and I see that she doesn't shave her armpits or if there's a girl I see in the athletic center working out and she's wearing shorts and she doesn't shave her legs it's clear that that's a choice of theirs I'm definitely not going to comment on it but it's definitely something that strikes me because it's something I'm not used to seeing and I'm also glad you bring up this idea of seeing invisibility, which is something I often find fascinating because we consume so much visual media nowadays in which we are told, not verbally, but through the performance of often women on screen, what hair is supposed to look like, what the ideal standard of beauty is. And I think that's really problematic because we don't know about our own bodies as much as we do about the bodies we see. And it's so curious to me to think that we all have one body each, but we will see in any given day tens or hundreds or for certain people, thousands of other bodies around us. And we get our perception of what our body should look like based on the bodies of other people. And I'd really like to go back to when you first started shaving or when you were first introduced to the idea of body hair as a woman, what that experience was like, what conversations with family or friends might have been like around that time, if you recall. Yeah, it's funny. I remember it really well because I think I kind of was late on the uptake of shaving. And I think that's partially because I have a brother and I don't have any sisters. And my mom really isn't one to really care about this kind of stuff. And I admire her for that. I'd say I'm a lot more fixated on my appearance than my mom has ever been. And maybe that's in some ways the outcome of her not being that fixated on her appearance. That's produced some anxieties in me that make me more conscientious of my appearance. So I didn't start shaving till I was probably in seventh grade, actually after seventh grade, because I remember it so well. I was at camp and I was the youngest girl at camp. It was a camp for 13 to 18 year olds. And it was a month long sleepaway camp. I'd never been away from home that long. You're just struggling to fit in when you're 13 and there's all these other older girls that you want to impress. And it was a co-ed camp, but I wasn't really interested in that at the time. Of course, I was like, oh, if a boy likes me, cool. But I you know, wouldn't have any idea what to do with that when you're 13. I remember feeling a pressure to fit in and seeing these older girls having shaving parties out on the porch where they'd get these cans of hot water and soap and then they'd shave their legs outside. When you say that you felt a pressure, I'm going to push or inquire about your word choice there. From what or from whom did you feel that pressure? What gave you the idea that there was a pressure there? It was kind of like, oh, this is something that older girls do. And I want to be like the older girls. I want to be cool. I want to fit in. And this is clearly also how they get boys to like them in a way. I think that definitely has an association because, you know, there's like a slight hookup culture at camps that people are either aware of or not aware of. Sorry, parents. 
And guys were clearly interested in my older friends who were girls. I remember locking myself in the bathroom and like sitting and like shaving my legs for the first time. And I think the previous summer I had started shaving my armpits because I was on a trip with my best friend from elementary school and her mother. And we were in this ferry boat traveling in between Italy and Greece. We were on this boat for at least a day and we were in these really tight quarters. And I'm not sure if my friend's mother commented on the fact that I didn't shave my armpits. I think I mentioned it and I was like, oh, no one has ever taught me how to do this. I remember I was 11 years old. I can't believe I remember this, but that says something, right? That she was like, if we weren't in such close quarters, I'd be happy to teach you. And I remember that moment more than actually, I think I must have gone home and said to my mom, like, can you teach me how to shave my armpits? Because I think that was the first time that I revealed that I was self-conscious of my body hair and that I noticed it and was well aware of it and that I wanted to do something about it. Which I think is really interesting. And I hope the audience forgives me if I'm repeating any anecdotes that I shared in the previous episode on this topic. But when I was first taught to shave, my father brought a razor and taught me how to shave my face. I didn't ask any questions. I don't even remember if I encouraged the experience. It was just something that was given to me. No questions asked. And I didn't really have any say in the matter because I hadn't prompted it and because I wasn't aware enough at probably 13 or 14 years old to know what was going on. And I think it's very interesting that as a boy, I wasn't aware of any stigma surrounding my facial hair. And I don't know that there is necessarily, but that as a young girl, you were very aware to the point that you remember this some 10 years later, which I think says quite a bit. As you moved into late middle school or early high school, were there similar experiences that you remember of body hair being a topic of discussion around you and other friends? It was something that we'd always kind of joke about in the winter is something that we'd do less just because it was like, oh, in the summer you have to shave your legs and you have to do it all the time because you are exposed more than in the winter. And I remember having discussions about different areas of our bodies. Like, I mean, I was specifically talking about like a patch of hair on my legs or something like that, that everyone could identify with as having like darker hair. I remember on many occasions Googling that and Googling why around my ankles is the hair darker or why on certain parts of my legs is the hair darker than in other places. And that's still the case. And just kind of talking about those results with my friends. And it always felt very normal. It always felt like, oh, this is a hilarious thing. Like we have to shave our legs because there's these parts of our legs that are just darker than others and that's unavoidable. And so we have to get rid of it. I think once I was in high school, the idea of shaving pubic hair was something that was seen as compulsory in some ways. You had to manage that as well, especially if you went swimming and you're in a bikini and you have to not show your pubic hair when you're swimming. And so that part of shaving definitely arose once I started wearing bikinis, probably when I was around 14 or 15. And actually at camp one time, I remember seeing an older friend of mine who didn't shave her pubic hair and you could see it through her bathing suit. I remember that. I remember that from eight or nine years ago because it was something that was sort of taboo. That wasn't something you were supposed to see when you're swimming, even though it's like, why not? It's just there. It's just hair. You make a very good point. But of course, as people, we tend to attach meaning to virtually everything. And I recognize that. But 
It's interesting when you bring up pubic hair because my perception has often been that it's so typically reserved for someone's state of nudity, which nine times out of 10 is personal. And of course, in certain occasions involves sexual contact. And that's when other people would see what your pubic hair looks like, whether or not you've shaved it. And I admit my bias and ignorance in primarily attaching it to sexuality because I hadn't thought of, although it makes complete sense that for certain women in certain bathing suits, you would absolutely be aware of or might be compelled to be aware of how much pubic hair you have or have not shaved. And I'd be curious if in your experience at college or in general in sexual relationships, if you've ever felt it commented upon or if you've ever felt self-conscious about it. Because as a society, and I suspect as a globe, sex really isn't talked about all that much. And as a result, one's appearance around their genitalia also isn't really discussed. And so I feel like with pubic hair, unlike with maybe armpit hair, people might be less likely to tell you what the norm is or how you're supposed to look. But again, that's my perception. Maybe you and other women have had experiences where you're told specifically how your pubic hair should look, and I'd be interested to learn about that. It's funny you bring that up because one moment I also remember very clearly, which happened when I was with my ex-boyfriend and we were together at that point. We'd been together for like two years, two and a half years or so. And he once commented on how he thought I should shave my pubic hair. And this was someone I'd known, like he's actually a co-counselor with me at this camp. And so I'd known him since I was 13. I was very comfortable with him. It didn't seem like something where he was trying to control me. It was just like a suggestion, like, you know, in healthy sexual relationships, you should be able to talk about what your preferences are, right? Looking back on it, <laughs> it does feel sort of odd that he would feel any sort of stake in how I shaved my body hair, especially my pubic hair. And it's interesting thinking about how you and Tim talked about youth, because in some ways I would take that further and say that for women, removing body hair is about sexualizing women. I think about how once women hit a certain age, it's expected that you'd stop shaving in a lot of way. I mean, movies joke about like, oh, I've gone native and they've stopped shaving. And that's just exemplary of once women get older, they're no longer sexual beings. And oftentimes adults in general are not seen as sexual beings. Movies where there are a lot of sex scenes don't typically involve a lot of people who are past the age of 40 or 50. It's just kind of how it is. So I'd argue that by removing or trying to manage. And when I say manage, I mean people shave their pubic hair to make all sorts of clean cut shapes so that it looks pristine and clean. When pubic hair or armpit hair or whatever is fully grown out, I mean, it's kind of messy and kind of all over the place. And therefore, I mean, if we want to make a direct link out of control, and if you're trying to keep everything in control, if you're controlling your sexuality, so in one way by women shaving, it's saying they're sexualized and they're available in some way or form, which is interesting to think about. And then on the other end, it's like, but I'm fine and I'm sophisticated. I know how to manage this otherwise out of control part of me. And I'm really happy that you bring up this idea of going native because I think we do have this very interesting and fraught association of shaving and other modern luxuries or conveniences or duties in certain cases as being sophisticated and in their realm of control as exemplifying what civilization is 
And I think it's one, problematic, and two, suggests that those who don't shave are in some way uncivilized, and often those discussions lead people down rabbit holes which eventually conclude in people being called less than human or animal in some way. And we see all the time in movies like Castaway, where Tom Hanks hasn't shaved, that we do attribute certain animalistic or uncivilized qualities to anyone, male, female, etc., who does not or chooses not to shave. And I think it's very unfortunate. I also appreciate that you brought up shaving as a rite of passage into becoming a sexual being, because I often think in what are typically pornographic images of women that are completely shaven. And I wonder to some extent, as men typically grow more body hair, if it's not only a symbol of sexual maturity, etc., but also a non-male image that on some level I think homophobia is very much a real thing in our world and men imagine sexuality as a very distinct male with a very distinct female and what better way to separate those two aesthetically than by shaving one completely, removing all hair, which I do think can be seen as a very masculine part of the body. Men do tend to grow more hair and men grow facial hair, which again is a very visible thing. You see faces all over and no matter how much people cover bodies, quite often the face is exposed. But that's obviously my perspective as a man. Do you think there's an association out there with hair as a masculine quality or a masculine entity on the body? Maybe not masculine, but definitely it marks adulthood. I mean, it's funny that you talk about for women shaving everything or shaving most of it. Interesting how men cultivate ideas about women's body hair. And thinking back to when my ex-boyfriend suggested to me a certain way to shave my pubic hair, it was the style that you often see in porn. And another memory I have is when I was talking to a friend of mine in high school about how we shaved our pubic hair. And she was like, oh my God, I'm not going to shave all of it off. Like, I don't want to look like a child, but I'm going to shave most of it off because it's like, if you have just a little bit, you're marking your adulthood, but you're still preserving that youth in a way, preserving that idea of not being available necessarily, but being in some ways like a good sexual partner because you're performing it in that way. And again, performance is really key. There have been a number of girls at Kenyon, which is of course a liberal school where free ideas are more often encouraged than perhaps in other institutions who don't shave armpits or leg hair. And I have often commented in the positive that I applaud them for going against the norm, but I recognize that that's also problematic. What right is it of mine to comment at all or to say anything? They aren't doing it for me, and I recognize that. And my overt intentions in commenting have never been to show male approval, but just that I, as someone who applauds abnormality, value what they're doing in contrast to what is the norm. And it's something that I've definitely had to recondition in myself because I'm used to seeing women as having shaved various parts of their bodies. But I also recognize that it really isn't my place to comment, and I think I should refrain from doing so. But I'd really like your comments on any of that. Exactly. I mean, it's definitely noticeable to me. Like I am thinking in my head of a few people I know that don't shave because I have seen them in class or the athletic center, as I mentioned before, and I just know who they are now. And it's not so much that I'm like, oh, gross. I'm just like, oh, that's interesting because it is interesting. I mean, it's definitely they're in the minority. And it'd be interesting to also talk to them about why they don't shave. 
And when you bring up raising, one of my final questions for you would be, as a potential future mother who may have daughters in the future or a daughter, do you have any thoughts on what approach you might take when it comes to a child's body hair in adolescence? That's hard because I think looking back on how my mom approached puberty in general, which was kind of not necessarily hands off, but it definitely wasn't her main concern that I wasn't shaving my armpit hair as soon as it started growing or whatever. In some ways, as you mentioned before, with your father kind of coming in and just being like, here's the razor and this is what you do and et cetera. I think that's a more normative experience for people where the mother or the father is like, all right, this is the day we're going to teach you how to, you know, ride a bike, but in terms of body hair. So I'm torn because I think looking back, I was very self-conscious about my body hair. And when you're that age, I think either it's in some ways helpful for an authority figure or a guardian of some kind to approach you and either be, this is how you do this. And this is how you shave your body hair and offer some direction or to sit down and be like, this is your body hair. This is what it means. This is what most people do. And sort of explaining it, also offering some direction, but maybe in a way that offers some choice. But I guess that's a general question about parenting during puberty, right? I would probably want to offer support in that situation. Which is, I think, one of the best things you can offer to a family member or a friend or anyone whose life you share. I mean, is there anything that you would do differently than your parents? Not necessarily. I do wish perhaps my family and I had had discussions like this in which we openly analyzed some of the different perceptions people have about body hair. And also as a boy, as a male, I wish I had considered more privilege that I had and how I should not abuse that. And as I think I have in my life and intend to correct in the future. So I suppose I wish I had been made more aware, but it's a very hard thing to be aware of really subtle and complex cultural values and I'm hopeful that conversations like this gradually shift the public discourse about some of these issues or, in a less weighted sense, topics that we approach. But before we close this episode, what are some things you'd like the audience to consider after listening to our conversation? I think it'd be interesting for those adults listening to consider when you started shaving, if you still continue to shave, if you've stopped shaving, and and what does that mean? I think generally just thinking about these habits that we consider to be so taken for granted all the time. And I mean, I've never really analyzed this before this conversation. And to think about the idea that shaving is trying to imply that I'm sexually available in some way is weird, but I think it's sort of correct in that vein. With any of our daily habits, I think it's important to consider the meaning behind it and whether or not that's enforcing something that is gender normative that maybe is not to be desired if we're going to progress in society. Definitely. I think those are wonderful points. I'd love any audience members, regardless of gender, to think about when they started shaving or for those who don't, why they don't. And we would love to hear from you as to why that is. I would also ask the adults in the audience who are listening if they remember bygone eras where shaving was not as heavily stigmatized or monitored and also how they've taught their children or how they perceive other people's children or the world of people and their relationship to shaving. Because I think many of us do have different relationships to it. 
And finally, I'd love to know if certain areas of body hair are more stigmatized than others, why that's the case. But as always, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So if you do have thoughts, comments, opinions, or feedback of any kind, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And you can connect with us on Twitter or on Facebook. Where you can like our page and get updates when we post new episodes. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to and reviewing the show, as well as sharing it with anyone you think might also enjoy or get something out of it. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off. And this is Caroline Borders. We'll see you next time.